The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk. Hello, I'm CityWire's Ross Miller and welcome to The Wealth Show. Impact investing is often discussed within the context of additionality. Investments are seen to only deliver impact if that particular investment delivered a positive outcome that wouldn't have occurred had that money not been allocated in that way. This often leads to the conclusion that it's extremely difficult to have impact in liquid public markets. To discuss this further, I caught up with Seb Bilo, partner and head of research at Webb, who is a pioneer of unlocking impact in public markets and delivering positive outcomes for people and planet. We reflected on whether additionality is the most effective measure of a particular investment's impact and how public markets can indeed provide a platform for positive social and environmental outcomes. Here's what he had to say. Seb, a lot of the conversations I have around impact investing tend to revolve around this concept of additionality and that question, you know, what tangible positive outcome has been delivered for people or planet that wouldn't have occurred had that capital not been allocated that way. Mm -hmm. Um... What I want to ask is, do you feel that is the best way to measure whether impact is being delivered and how effective do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, I think our problem with uh, this, def- this this concept of additionality is that it, fets- it sets a very, very strict standard, really, for what qualifies as impact investing. If you take the sort of very strictest definition of additionality, it's literally no one else but that particular investor would have made this thing happen. And uh, you know, our view is that would be amazing where that is the case, but it must be in a tiny, tiny, tiny part of the market where that's possible. And even if you give a more gen- uh, sort of generous definition where it's, it's, uh, there might be other investors, you're not exclusive in that sense, it's still a very high standard. So we don't, we don't deny that it's, um, you know, it, that it's uh, you know, a useful concept or um, a, theor- uh, you know, a, a, a concept at least. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actually delivering change in the real world, we're not sure how pragmatic a standard it is. And, and, and um, you know, we, we think about it more as, um, you, know, uh, where, where, you know, around intentionality and where, where is the investor, where, what's the investor's intention? Um, and um, yeah, so that's, that's probably kind of our view on the, the concept of additionality. Okay, and do you see this kind of, traditionalistic requirement for additionality as something that's limiting what impact investing can actually achieve? And do you think there is a better way to do it that will unlock a little bit more impact on a systemic level? We do, we do. And I think, um, you know, the the problem with additionality is it does, um, it does kind of uh, marginalize impact investing, I think, because it's such a, a, a niche concept, really. And you know, we've not, it's not just us saying this. The the CEO of the Gin, Amit Buri, has said very similar things around, uh, you know, additionality marginalising impact investment. Um, and you know, we're much more drawn to ideas around um, intentionality. Like I say, so you know, is the investor when the investor is making an investment decision, is the intention to deliver a positive impact? Is that at the core of their investment thesis? Uh, and also ideas around investor contribution as well. So those are the two concepts that we think are really important. And um, you know, one of the problems with those is is that it's difficult to uh, d- determine causation really when you're when you have an impact 
that's happening in the real world through the listed market, you can't really connect those two things. And so we, we've drawn an analogy uh, with football, actually, where uh, we think, you know, it's clearly, it would clearly be ludicrous for an individual supporter to claim that it was her singing that led to the, the, the match-winning goal. Um, but uh, at the same time, there's no doubt that as a community, all singing together, supporters do uh, have a bearing on the impact uh, or the on the outcome of a game and we think investment isn't dissimilar in, in the listed markets okay i love that analogy um speaking of listed markets so whenever we talk about additionality that tends to lead to the conclusion that kind of private markets and even fixed income and ipos can be more conducive to delivering impact if we're saying with this intentionality metric that you can have that in public markets does that bring with it a small cap or a mid cap bias that provides a headwind or a tailwind, dependingly, of course. And do you see this changing over the mid to long term? And what does that mean for this idea of delivering impact in public markets? Yes, I mean, I think um, we tend not to see it quite in in it just around the sort of cap, the market cap spectrum. Um, we, you know, we would argue that uh, you know positive impact isn't just a, a binary question isn't just sort of yes or no there are different intensities of positive impact and um, you know we believe that large businesses can uh, you know ultimately they can improve outcomes for people which is what positive impact is um, so in a way the scale of the business isn't the most important characteristic having said that of course a lot of the really disruptive new technologies tend to come from smaller and mid-sized businesses. So we would argue that the intensity of impact, positive intensity of impact, is typically higher with smaller and mid-sized businesses, but it's not exclusive to them. So that's kind of how we would look at that. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever, from digesting market and economic data to probing new trends and ideas. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. With a proven past and an eye on the future, we bring the latest thought-provoking investment analysis and diverse ideas directly to professional investors. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco, let's advance together. Capital at risk. I do want to talk a little bit about ESG. I know ESG and impact are different things, but... I've always perceived ESG as more of a risk management framework um, that doesn't really deliver any impact. And I guess the traditionalistic requirement for additionality supports that ESG risk management doesn't bring with it additionality. If we're saying additionality isn't essential for delivering impact, where do you see the line between a typical ESG strategy and an impact strategy that doesn't require additionality. What's what's the difference between those two strategies? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really good, it's a really good question. You know, if you're not going to use additionality as your litmus test, you know, what do you use? Um, and um, and I think and and this is still very much an evolving field. But I, you know, I think I would agree with you that um, if a, a fund manager who's who's using ESG analysis simply as a risk management tool and doesn't ever tell anyone about that. Then I would agree with you. There's no, you know, there's no impact associated with that component of the analysis. However, if they do tell, you know, the company that, you know, the, the particular company who doesn't have a, a strong approach to ESG, the reason they're not going to invest in them or buy their bond is because of that. 
then potentially there could be some impact associated with that. The company might change its approach as a consequence. Um, and generally, I think that's probably the way that it happens. These you know, large funds with an ESG risk framework will communicate that to the company. So I think there can be some impact. But it's still a world away from impact investing where you know, as I was saying earlier, the impact is core to the investment decision. You know, buying HSBC because it's cheap or because it looks cheap and then doing some engagement around gender diversity subsequently is not impact investing. Okay, okay. And I want to shift the conversation towards being a fund house in this space, managing money in this space, which I know you guys have been doing for a long, long time. Is there a sense of, I told you so, given the developments of the last few years? Yeah, thank you for for the question. I, I, and being completely honest, I would say a little bit maybe. I mean, we um, we were, uh, you know, we've been doing this for a very long time, and you know, for a long time we were kind of the weirdos in the corner. You know, people didn't really when we were working in larger fund management houses didn't really understand what we were doing, didn't really have much interest in it, and um, you know, so perhaps there's an element of feeling like well, the world has clearly moved in our direction, and uh, and we kind of told you so, but. Um, at the same time, it's a pretty fleeting feeling, uh, mostly because, you know, there are a lot of very talented people coming into our space and we need to constantly think about how we can be better at what we do. And equally, you know, ultimately the challenges that we're focused on, climate change, uh, other environmental issues, social challenges, aren't getting better at the moment. So there's, there's really no space to feel smug about this because we're clearly not being successful ultimately in addressing these issues. And you mentioned there a lot of other fund houses starting to come into this space. Do you ever find them kind of tapping into your expertise or coming to you as a as a manager who has been doing this for a long time? Yeah, it's um, we, we we were asked actually. It was, I was sent a, a draft impact report by one of our competitors just last week, which was um, you know <laughs> quite surprised and you know admire his 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 chutzpah for uh, <laughs> for sending it to us. But I mean, I I couldn't really justify really prioritizing reviewing someone else's impact report but you know more generally uh we, we see you know people uh picking up some of the things that we do we, we launched something called our impact calculator on our website a few years ago which tells people the impact that's associated with their investment in in our in our strat in our strategy and we're seeing more and more of those you know um imitation is the highest form of flattery and ultimately we do need this market to grow and um you know, I think it's uh, by having larger managers move into the space, it sort of validates the space. It becomes something that people become more familiar with. And, and ultimately, we want, we absolutely need this market to grow. It can't just be web and handful of others. This needs to become very normal. Um, impact investing has to become normal. So, uh, we, you know, ultimately, we welcome people, you know, following what we're doing. And what do you think has been the real catalyst for a lot of money and a lot of new faces flooding into this space. And by that, I mean ESG and impact. Yeah. Well, I think there's, uh, the reason why it's just taken off in such a remarkable way over the last couple of years is that there have been a confluence of different uh, reasons for that. Uh, I think we would be naive in not, in not seeing some self-serving element to it. Uh, you know, a lot of active managers are under pressure from passive, or all active managers are under pressure from passive. And uh, adding in ESG can be, or impact or sustainability can be a reason for maintaining your, uh, your fee level. I think there's an element of that. But ultimately, I, I do think it's because clients at the end of the day want to be 
invested in companies that are providing solutions and not in companies that are causing the problems. And that's the kind of base load that's driving, driving the market, I think. And just to finish off, I want to talk about scaling your fund. So I imagine over the years, there's been a lot of opportunity to kind of welcome in new capital to your fund. But do you have to be conscious of keeping alignment to the mission? And what does that mean when it comes to scaling the fund? Yeah, I, I mean, in a way, I don't think that's been a tremendous challenge. I mean, I think, uh, you know, m myself and my partners came to web because we want to run a business that is wholly focused on sustainability. So it is a kind of non-negotiable. The mission is is what it is. The company, that's what we want to do with, with the business. Um, and, you know, you might expect there to be compromise around that. But to be honest, in a way, it, it's part of the reason we've been successful. People want to invest in a strategy and with people who are clearly committed. You know, it's an authentic strategy. And there's plenty of strategies out there that aren't authentic. So, so there is a strong business case for staying aligned with our mission and driving our mission beyond just our own personal interest. Um, but, you know, there are, you know, we have to work with more and more and bigger partners and bigger counterparties. And so I guess there is an element of just being clear about what we stand for and, um, and the fact that the mission is non-negotiable. But I, I can't think of an example where we've really been put under pressure to, to water down our, our commitment. Excellent. Well, Seb, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you. The Wealth Show is sponsored by Invesco. Today's professional investors are overloaded with more information than ever. At Invesco, we help professional investors see the possibilities ahead by cutting through the noise to the ideas that matter. Visit Invesco.com to see how. Invesco. Let's advance together. Capital at risk.